It's Monday, June the 28th, and this is your morning briefing from The Economist, sponsored by TD Ameritrade. Coming up, hard right fails in French elections and US airstrikes in Iraq. First, the world in brief. The hard right national rally, RN, fared poorly in the second round of France's regional elections, losing in Provence Alpes Côte d'Azur, its big target. Marine Le Pen, the party's leader, blamed voter apathy, turnout was paltry, and a quote, unnatural alliance of mainstream parties from the left and right, which lay aside differences to put up unified candidates to thwart RN victories. Ms Le Pen hoped that RN's winning control of a region would boost her chances in presidential elections next year. Joe Biden ordered airstrikes against Iranian-backed militias along both sides of the border between Iraq and Syria. The Americans say that Khatib Hezbollah and Khatib Saeed al-Sahada had used drones to attack their bases. The action came as Egypt's president Abdel Fattah el-Sisi met his Iraqi counterpart, Baham Sali and Jordan's King Abdullah in Baghdad. The three countries hoped to form a regional counterweight to Iranian influence. Iran's parliament announced that it would no longer share images from certain nuclear sites with the International Atomic Energy Agency. A temporary monitoring agreement has expired, further reducing Iran's compliance with a moribund nuclear deal signed with six countries, including America, in 2015. The move is likely to affect talks being held in Vienna to try and revive that agreement. Feng Wei Kong, an editorial writer at Apple Daily, was detained by police as he tried to fly out of Hong Kong, according to South China Morning Post. Hong Kong's largest pro-democracy newspaper published its last edition on June 24th after authorities froze its bank accounts, raided its newsroom and arrested six of its staff. Mr Biden walked back his claim that he would not sign a bipartisan infrastructure bill worth roughly $1 trillion unless it were accompanied by more expansive provisions of the Democrat Party's wish list, such as tax increases. Mr Biden had tied the two together after striking a deal with a group of senators from both sides on Thursday, riling Republicans. Binance, one of the world's largest cryptocurrency exchanges, was banned from operating in Britain by the Financial Conduct Authority, a consumer finance watchdog. Crackdowns on crypto are not all alike. China recently told major financial institutions to block transactions, hitting the value of Bitcoin, a leading digital coin. The move against Binance got a warmer welcome from investors who see regulation as a sign of a maturing market. Several Asian countries reimposed lockdowns as cases of COVID-19 rose. Thailand will impose restrictions on Bangkok and its neighbouring suburbs from Monday. In Bangladesh, crowds fled from Dhaka, the capital, before residents are confined to their homes for seven days, excepting emergencies. And in Australia, Sydney and the surrounding area has entered a two-week lockdown. And fact of the day. One in 500,000, the odds of an American aged 5 to 14 dying from COVID-19, roughly a tenth of a child's chance of dying in a traffic accident in normal times. And now, here's today's agenda. Final judgments. The Supreme Court. This week, America's Supreme Court is expected to release the five remaining rulings of its 2020-2021 term. Can New Jersey prevent a company from laying a natural gas pipeline through the state, or can federal agencies allow private companies to grab that land through eminent domain? What will become of an old rule barring inventors from suing those to whom they transfer patent rights? May certain illegal immigrants awaiting deportation remain in America if they face persecution or torture back home? 
And can California require that charities disclose donors' identities, which opponents say violates the First Amendment? One case in particular will have significant implications for American democracy. Bronovich v. Democratic National Committee concerns two voting rules in Arizona that Democrats say violate the Voting Rights Act, a key piece of civil rights legislation. How the court reads that provision will shape legal challenges to recent voting restrictions that, opponents say, discriminate against people of colour. No Way Out Haiti in Crisis Haitians were meant to vote on a new constitution yesterday, but the government postponed the poll ostensibly because of COVID-19. Everyone agrees that the document needs changing, yet few will accept anything proposed by President Jovenel Moïse, who rules the country by decree. Opponents say Mr Moïse's term ended in February, five years after his predecessor left office. He says the clock started when he took power, giving him until February 2022. A democratic deficit and COVID-19 are not Haiti's only problems. Gang violence, often linked to politicians, has risen, driving 8,500 women and children from their homes in the first two weeks of June, according to the United Nations. The economy is struggling, and now hurricane season has started. Many fear a big storm could add to growing poverty and malnutrition. America is urging that both presidential and parliamentary elections be held in September. Many Haitians think they should, like the referendum, be delayed. Known Unknowns The Delta Plus Variant The Delta variant of SARS-CoV-2, the virus that causes COVID-19, is the most contagious form of the coronavirus yet recorded. Research estimates it may spread almost 2.5 times as fast as the original strain of COVID-19. But just as the world is learning how dangerous it could be, another mutation is attracting attention. AY.1, or quote Delta Plus, is known to have infected 168 people in at least 11 countries. It is similar to Delta, with one additional mutation, K417N, in its spike protein, which helps the virus gain entry to cells. The variant binds more easily to lung cells and may be better at evading monoclonal antibodies, laboratory-made proteins that mimic the immune system's response to an infectious agent. It is unclear whether Delta Plus is more transmissible, whether it causes worse symptoms or is more deadly. But even if it does not spread, its emergence is another reminder that SARS-CoV-2 will continue to mutate. Not so grand. Evergrande's woes. Is the world's most indebted property developer too big to fail? For investors in China, this is not a hypothetical question, but a daily exercise engaging the financial health of Evergrande, the country's biggest real estate firm. Today was to be a big test, with a $1.5 billion bond maturing. But the developer, which sells roughly half a million homes each year, repaid it a few days early in an attempt to allay fears. Investors remain unconvinced. Although its shares briefly rallied, its bonds during 2025 still trade at 30% less than their face value, implying a major default risk. The government has threatened to make banks cut financing to highly indebted developers. So Evergrande is racing to pair its liabilities by shrinking its sprawling empire, offloading stakes in internet and electric vehicle subsidiaries, among others. The giant builder needs to master the art of corporate demolition to survive. Survival of the Fittest Love Island 
The premise of Love Island, a British reality TV show, is as simple as it is Darwinian. Find a sexual partner or fail. Today, 11 astonishingly buff swimwear clad men and women lock themselves in a villa in Mallorca hoping to ferment romance and win £50,000, $69,400. Expect cringeworthy flirting, spurned crushes and absurd challenges involving much gyrating, all to satisfy the viewing public's lavishness. With an audience that exceeded 6 million in 2019, Love Island is a bona fide cultural phenomenon. Over a dozen versions exist internationally, but it has attracted controversy. Earlier this month, ITV, the show's broadcaster, announced it would offer participants more mental health support in response to the vicious online harassment they often face. At least three people associated with the show have killed themselves. ITV has begged fans to quote, please think before you post. At such a price, it's hard not to wonder whether 15 minutes of fame is worth it. Finally, here's the quote of the day from Rod Serling, who passed away on this day in 1975. Some place between apathy and anarchy is the stance of the thinking human being. That's it from The Economist Morning Briefing, available every weekday and on Saturdays. You can hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, by searching for The Economist on your podcast app or asking your smart speaker to play the latest Economist radio podcast. And as a subscriber, you have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app on your mobile device to start listening. 